This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey, Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Podcast from March 22nd. We're brought to you this week by Bet Online. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, it's been the standard one week since we've podcasted. It's been. But <laughs> it honestly feels like it's been a month. And um, I don't know if that's just because I'm so bored because there's no sports on television or because the world seems to be changing on a day-by-day, hour-by-hour basis. So I yeah. can't really keep track of the time at the moment. Yeah, it's a, it, it is a weird one. Um, and uh, the days are melting together for, I think, virtually all of us. It's sort of interesting to watch these timelines play out. Like we were sort of, you know, we were behind Italy, but England was a little behind us. And then other, you know, it's like every, every it's like there's sort of like everyone goes through this phase that, we're all we've all sort of gone through over the last couple of weeks where ultimately it ends with all of us behind closed doors for like 23 yeah. hours out of the day. And yeah, so it's been strange. And, you know, um, my relationship with sports has gotten kind of weird, too. Like I there's been like a lot of like, you know, this weekend would be the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. And it's like my favorite. Honestly, I I hate to like, it's almost like embarrassing to say this, but it's my I think it's my favorite weekend of the entire year. Uh, that's how much I love this this opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. And so I there's been all these like sentimental like oh go watch like you know the final from three years ago and like that was that was what was on CBS today and it was like oh um, how could the tournament have played out you know here's like an alternate you know yeah. view or using stats like how could this have gone and I can't re- watch any of it or process any of it and like I'm, it's too like it's too close to like the real thing, but it's not it, <laughs> yeah. you know? And right. but so what I, I have been watching Ken Burns baseball though. And so I found a lot of solace in reading about 150 year old baseball players. That has really yeah. been like kind of my sweet spot. The last couple. So of you didn't want sports from two years ago. You wanted sports from 150 years ago. <laughs> you had to go farther back in time. Really? That's yeah. I <laughs> want to read more about Cap Anson and uh, I've done that and it's been <laughs> It's been fun. For me, for me, I don't really have much of a taste for going and rewatching classic matches either because 
you know, sports to most sports fans is so appealing because it's the unknown. It, yeah. The outcome is always is relatively unpredictable and that's what's so exciting is why it's unlike any other thing so the idea of i kind of feel the same way about movies and books i was just telling well we actually the two of us went and rewatched the movie roadhouse with patrick swayze for the umpteenth time <laughs> um you know movies like that do never lose do, its fastball that does it brandon still, it, still it, it. it doesn't it, it kind of like um it kind of uh, takes my arguments legs out from under it but um i'm i relatively i, I generally don't like rereading old books or rewatching movies i want new stuff but actually the theme of the of this week's podcast is going to be a little bit of retrospection. We're going to look back in time and talk about our all-time favorite FPL players. Yes, Brandon, we created our starting 11 of all-time favorite FPL players, including our bench. And, you know, it's actually interesting because I was talking about the Ken Burns baseball thing. And what's fun about that is it's, it's all anecdotes. It's all stories. It's, you know, key moments. And, you know... It, that to me is much more interesting than like watching like a big match that happened five years ago. It's like, well, what I remember is the memory. What I remember is, you know, Luis Suarez hitting a free kick from 35 yards out against Norwich city uh, and then doing it like 18 more times against Norwich city over, the, <laughs> over poor, two years. Poor Ruddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Poor Ruddy. And I, I remember all, you know, it's, it's the moments that, that stick out. Dimitri Payet hitting a, a lot of free kicks. Free kicks are what, you know, often stand out for me, but you know, the Olivier Giroux starfishes, you know, after, uh, after you know trying and failing to score in a header, these these like little moments mm-hmm. that yeah yeah Tori always seem to fall fall down after scoring a goal. You know, just this, this <laughs> weird moments. He's a big lad. He's a big lad. Yeah yeah. <laughs> Even after scoring a penalty, I feel like he would fall down on the ground. I'm not sure how. So so this is about our favorite fantasy players from you know really going back about ten years. We've been playing the game for for about ten years now. Um, starting in the I guess it would have been the eleven twelve season. Is that's that right? Correct. I think yeah. that's yep. that's the, our first year doing fantasy. So mm-hmm. um, we have a couple uh, people who've written in with, with other um, some of their favorites as well, and those will be near the end of the pod. There's a couple that that, that predate us. Uh, some I think Matt Latissier is, is in there and things like that. So um, so that's where we are. Um, that that's, that's what we're talking about in this week's podcast. Uh, we're both going to run through our starting eleven plus bench of our favorite. FPL players, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it will it will bring back some memories for a lot of listeners. There are some new players in here, but if you've been playing fantasy for a long time, I think this will be um, an especially fun podcast to sort of dig back into um, the last ten years of, of FPL. Right? Yeah, definitely. Um, but first, what is what's the state of play with the Premier League and the <laughs> FPL right now? Yeah. I guess it wouldn't be an FPL podcast if we just didn't check in on on the present tense on reality. So yeah, the latest from the Premier League is that matches are 100% postponed through the end of April, through April 30th, Yep, which takes us all the way through game week 35, I believe it is. Something like that. So the, the FPL game proceeds as it has the last two weeks. So your, your team doesn't stop. FPL is not stopping. You're just getting zero points every week. Uh, beware of uh, you know taking uh, making unnecessary transfers, taking hits because I don't know if anyone cares about for posterity what their OR is going to be at the end of the season. But yeah, you're still able to fall in rank if you're burning points and making transfers, even though the game's kind of in this weird liminal space. 
Yeah, and let's face it, there's uh, almost no chance that the game actually even comes back that first week of May. Um, I think it's almost impossible, uh, given where we are uh, in in England uh, and and certainly in um, states as well. And and you know, a lot of these players are presumably back home in various countries too. And so, you know, so I think that the fact that the game isn't able to stop, which does seem like that's the case. I mean, I don't know why you'd play out these these game weeks where nothing happened um, as just like regular game weeks, if there was any way not to do it that way, um, mm-hmm. because it's, it's, it's obviously silly. I mean that, you know, the fact that like a player could get minus four in game week 30, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a canceled game week, if they took, if they took a four point hit is uh, kind of all the sign we needed that they, they, I don't think they can stop this train. So my theory, and this is pure speculation. I haven't seen anybody actually with any kind of knowledge uh, float this, but I, you know, sounds like okay so the premier league itself it sounds like that is just very by the way i'll just quickly note brandon that uh we're recording this during the day right now so you may hear my daughter in the background a couple, a couple of times so uh yeah it's a strange time brandon these quarantined casts are a little bit different you know a little bit looser um, <laughs> we're all we're all we're all a little farther apart but still family units are tightly packed right at the moment exactly. yeah it's a cheek to jowl everywhere i think um so uh this david arnstein one of these david arnstein articles that uh, came out last night and it was one of these ones where he he has like full quotes somehow from all it's like all these private meetings where you're like are you like secretly is david orange like a pseudonym and you're actually like the president of watford or something and like uh-huh. it's incredible that the amount of detail that richard scudamore yeah exactly like who knows what's you know it's crazy uh how plugged in he seems and so uh but it sounds like they are extremely committed to playing out the rest of the premier league season even if it stretches into September or October, uh, mm-hmm. that was a that was a quote that was that came, that came from that article, which is remarkable. Uh, and it sounds like one of the one of the key reasons why is not really about Liverpool winning the league or not. It's like they have to give back like seven hundred and sixty million dollars to <laughs> these TV networks so they don't play these games. So I think we will see matches hopefully by June. That would be my hope. Um, the fantasy game is in its current form cooked. Uh, I think I'm sorry to say it, but like this season is, is, uh, you don't think they would, you don't think they could tack on additional weeks onto the game. So we'd go into 39, 40, 41, et cetera. It takes them 12 hours to update mini leagues (laughs) after, after four matches have been played. Like, yeah, I, that I just, I, I mean, not to be, not to be insulting or whatever, but like, I, I just don't know that if they can do it, I, I don't think they can. And even then, what happens in head-to-head leagues? What happens? You know, they have a draft game as well. It's just there's a lot of like factors that I that, that I think make it very complicated. And so, what I think could happen um, is that they just basically create a nine-week league and uh, no wild cards, no chips, and it's like mm-hmm. you just start over from z- at zero uh, for the final nine weeks. I think that could happen. Um, I also think there's a chance they just scrape the FPL game uh, for the final nine matches, and it'd be nine weeks of pure watches. Now, again, these, these probably wouldn't be stretched over nine weeks. These would be like, I would assume these would be, there'd be a lot of midweek games in there as well. Um, I think we, you know, we can expect the season to start later next year. Um, and uh, I've heard, I heard talk that they may just scrap a bunch of international breaks and things like that. So it uh, could be fun, you know, from a fantasy perspective, if you think international breaks are kind of a drag, um, yeah. you could just have uninterrupted football basically from June through, <laughs> through Christmas. Uh, and yeah. that could be kind of fun. I don't know. I just think that there's such a domino effect. If the, 
they try to fulfill this broadcast obligation and go into September and October. That, of course, eats into the next season, and it goes on and on and on and on. And you've still got this Qatar situation that's interrupting seasons a couple uh, into right. the future. I just think there is a lot of another quote, another great quote from that Ornstein article you mentioned was Mm -hmm. from a Premier League executive who said, you know, at the end of the day, we're all just businesses turning a tiny profit. I'm like, I don't think that these these guys are full of bluster and pride at the moment. And I think like a lot of people out there that are strictly thinking about money right now, just don't know what's going on. Yeah, they've got their head in the sands. I think the the relegation and promotion part of it, too, is a factor. Um, And there was one thing that was we keep referencing this article that like probably 10 people who are listening have actually read. But they um, well, I don't know. It was on The Athletic, which a lot of people have The Athletic now. Right. It's like it's it's fairly popular. But sure. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless, um, you know, one thing to talk about there is that if they were to cancel the season, you would have. Uh, you could have lawsuits on both sides, depending on what they did with with promotion relegation. Like if you didn't relegate anybody, then Leeds and West Brom could sue the Premier League. If you did relegate people, then Aston Villa, which has a game in hand, could also sue the right. Premier League. It's like you know, there's really it makes it very tricky. What's the so, legal precedent? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but we're throwing your lawsuit out because of points to global pandemic. I know. I'm just. I'm just saying. Like, but I, I think. The, I think the the sponsors ask or the networks asking for their money back is the biggest factor. And um, I don't know if they just like raise a middle finger or what. You know, in that case. But I'm not. You know, this isn't a business sports business podcast. But I think that 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 that's what makes me think that um, we actually will see matches this season. But. I don't know. We'll see. But I just think fantasy is like way down on the table as far as what's yeah, going to happen right. there. And, you know, I mean, it's it's way down the table. Sports in general, are obviously, um, they are what they are. I mean, I, 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 I love sports. I wish they were back. Not having sports is a... Uh, um, it's a lot. I'm watching a lot of mm-hmm. like, I'm watching the baseball documentary. These are two hour episodes, Brandon. I would <laughs> right. never have the time for this otherwise. <laughs> I'm, uh, we're watching Babylon Berlin right now. Great Netflix mm. show. And you need your undivided attention because it's in German. So I'm reading subtitles. So usually if sports is happening, if I'm tracking my FPL team, price team changes, bonus points, all sorts of incoming information, I'm looking at my phone while I'm watching a television show. Now I have nothing to track, so I can just watch subtitled movies and TV shows until until the end of the day. If you have not seen, if you're you're listening, you haven't seen Parasite yet. Now is your time, right? Like this is there you go. Have no excuse anymore. (laughs) Uh, All right, so uh, we're going to get to our our starting eleven of favorite fantasy players in just a second. Uh, A couple of quick thank yous though for new patrons. Thank you to new patrons, Uh, especially you know we've. You know, it's it's obviously a tr- really tricky time. A lot of people have um, have have lost their you know have lost their jobs um, or, or been laid off. You know, in the last few weeks, and um, and so um, yeah, we really appreciate anyone who can continue to support the pa- the podcast on Patreon. Uh, we have uh, suspended, or that is to say, canceled all Patreon payments for uh, the month of April. So no one will be charged for the next month, which is the month it would it would. 
you would in theory be charged on the first of April. That is just completely waived. No one will be charged. Um, the way the site works, there is a little bit like I think you have to pledge once before you can actually get access to everything yep. uh, and join. But but after yep. that, you won't be you won't be charged anything in April, um, and that applies to all of current patrons as well. So, um, a quick thank you to um, Adele Booth, our newest Volkswagen patron, somebody we also met and had a very enjoyable time talking to with her friends, uh, including a Canadian. It was like a real mix, Brandon. We had a Canadian, and I think she was from Leeds, and so it was really. It's yes. a good mix. Yeah. Uh, so she'll be rocking it. Always treating t-shirts sometime soon. Uh, Lord Sorloth patron. Thank you to Matt Marks and a new Pookie patron. Uh, thank you to Ben John. So thank you to our newest patrons. And uh, if you'd like to support the podcast or more likely, if you just are bored and you want more people to talk, you know, just talk about anything with our Slack channel is amazing. It is really, it's almost it's as good, if not better, right now. Uh, there's like <laughs> yeah. new channels it's, getting formed all the time. It's, it's, it's turning into a, a a tiny little town. We've got a food channel, a beer channel, TV, movies. There's a now chess, people are collaborating stuff. on a yeah. There's a chess channel. People are collaborating on a giant always cheating Spotify playlist with it, which is awesome. And also, if anyone out there is on the Patreon and is playing FIFA on their Xbox or PlayStation Four, we've got a FIFA channel too. So, I I watched the highlights of Mikel Antonio taking on Ryan Sessegnon in the uh, London Derby FIFA final. Uh, they they were streaming this yesterday. Mikel Antonio got his butt absolutely kicked by Ryan Sessegnon. I felt I felt kind of bad for him. Um, uh, and I, you could see that um, Antonio was struggling with should he put himself up front um, in the West Ham lineup at the expense of Sebastian Allaire. And he was trying to be political and not like dig at his <laughs> teammates FIFA profiles. It was pretty yeah, funny. That's funny. Uh so that's that's where you can find that. So you can actually uh, join the Slack at the lowest uh, at the lowest pledge tier. Uh, so go to patreon.com slash always cheating to uh, learn more. And uh, we'll take a break. We'll be back in just a second. All right, Brad, we're back. We're running through our starting 11 of all time favorite fantasy players. And I was trying to think about the best way to do this. And how about if... Uh, I just I'll read off my eleven and then in my bench and then you can mm-hmm. read off yours, okay? And we can just sort of discuss as we go. And okay. um, I can see in the running list here we've got a couple that are that are duplicates, and so we can uh, we can just talk about them, you know, as we go. Sure. All right. So in most cases, I have picked players from a single season, uh, and a few cases I picked players from a a number of seasons. It sort of depends on on uh, how they sort of like exist in my memory. Right. Okay. So in some in some you know cases it was one amazing season. In other cases, um, it's sort of like a block of time. Like uh, when we think when we talk about Ivanovic in a minute, it's, there's like the Ivanovic era in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So anyway, these are just my favorite players. When I think about the last ten years of playing fantasy, these are kind of the the names that I, I remember the most. You know, or like I like when I think about them, or like when I, you know when I sort of think about key moments in my season over the years, it has involved these players. So. Right. Without further ado, very boring way to start, but uh, Tom, <laughs> my goalkeeper, my all-time for a fantasy Speaking list. of boring, Joshua. <laughs> Speaking of boring, it's even a boring name. Uh, his name is Tom Heaton, Brandon. Uh-huh. And he, uh, I picked Tom Heaton from the 14, 15, and 16, 17 seasons. Uh, if you recall, they were, uh, Burnley were relegated. And so, uh, so 14, 15, he was great. 
came back at 16, 17. He was also great. He was 4.5 million both seasons. Across those two seasons, he had 20 clean sheets and 32 bonus points. Mm-hmm. And this has always been the story of how I've played fantasy. I've always had cheap keepers. I've never – now, you, you – for many, many years, you were in the expensive keeper category. I feel like you were uh, – you loved a, you loved a, a David De Gea or you yeah. know, somebody – Somebody yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to that when we get to my lineup. But it's true, okay. I have um, I have longstanding great memories with premium keepers. <laughs> so Heaton is. I mean, do you have any memories of Heaton? He was just a classic, cheap, great fantasy asset, right? Like he was, you know, set up, yeah. set and forget kind of guy. Yeah, I I mean Heaton is just a great shot stopper and. Beyond FPL, I just think of him as he looks just kind of like a beefy guy who you might live next door to, yet he's still capable of those giant, you know, spread out frog leaping saves. Um, Very easy to think of him like in a suit, like in parliament or something, right? Like, I feel like he I would wouldn't just go that just, far. I feel like I could just imagine him like kind of like in a very formal dress, you know, like, I don't know. That's a... Yeah, he seems like he um, he probably knows how to hold a conversation. I think I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, normal. I guess that's what I mean. I don't know, are, pro- are people in Parliament normal? They're probably not. Uh, all right, so let's let's move on from the the boring start there. He always had to start with the goalkeeper, but it's almost never the most interesting pick. So next one, and I guess I'm moving I'm moving roughly in order. By the way, this is a three four three formation, Brandon, the classic fantasy formation. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I got three at the back. I start off with with Leighton. This actually will take you from 2011 to 2018, Brandon. So I've got uh-huh. Leighton Baines from 2011 to 2015, uh, and he was the ultimate defensive asset, uh, maybe before the Trent Alexander-Arnold era anyway. A penalty-taking defender. Oh, I mean, Leighton Baines, he was always too expensive. That was always the, the thing with Leighton Baines was he was an amazing fantasy player. Um, yeah. You always wanted him in your team, and it was just whether you could stomach – having a seven or whatever he was, 7.5 million defender in your team. And, you know, I think both of us, I, I, I bet if I look back and there's really no way to do this, but I bet I had him for at least like 70 weeks uh, during this like yeah. four year run. And I believe there was one game week in which he scored not, he took pens. Yeah. But he also took direct set pieces. And I think there was one match where he, he scored on two direct free kicks um, on either side of the 18 yard box. And it was incredible, but I think like Leighton Baines is he is the end of an era. He was the ultimate defender hack where, oh, I can get a defender plus he can get attacking points. Yeah. And he had to make way for the likes of Marcus Alonso and then the Liverpool fullbacks who actually were inside the six yard box on certain attacks. So I feel like Baines is is now kind of the old guard in terms of his play style and what yeah. he brought to FPL. A little bit of old guard, a little bit of kind of, um, I guess some players kind of keep this tradition alive, but he was uh, very like, uh, he seemed like a guy you could like go have a beer with, you know, like he, I, I remember oh, I'm sensing a, a theme here. Josh. I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's a, the beer summit starting 11. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, he was, you know, he's like five foot five. I remember he was like really into, I think it was like. He's like a big Mogwai fan or something. He was like, I, I know he had like really good taste in music. And I read some article with him around whatever it was eight or nine years ago now. And I was like, wow, this guy seems like 
cool. Like he had kind of longish hair. looks like an elf. Um, and so I was just looking back, uh-huh. but he did actually have, he started, I think th- this has to be the highest price ever for a defender. He was 8 million as a starting price mm-hmm. in the 2011, 2012 season. It's outrageous for Everton. A, that's an insane for Everton and saying, of course he had his worst season kind of of all these, like of this whole era <laughs> that year. Yeah. Uh, but just a really fun player, uh, to have in the game and just, just a fun player, easy to, easy player to root for, especially because he played for Everton. So it was like, you rarely had to like, you know, no matter what team he supported, it wasn't like he was typically, um, maybe outside of like Liverpool fans, like he was never a player who you just like had to dislike, you know, cause he was going to cost you, uh, you know, the title or champions league spot or something. Um, all right. The next two I'm going to take, uh, together, uh, this takes us from 2012 to 18, Brent. It's seven years of Chelsea defenders and you start with Ivanovic and you end with Alonzo uh-huh. and Ivanovic in some ways, I guess, again, before Trent, I've had Liverpool have changed the game a little bit with their like hyper attacking defenders. But it's, I, I sort of still think of Ivanovic as kind of the ultimate, ultimate defender, the ultimate fantasy defender. It was like, he got clean yeah. sheets. He had goals. He was, he played like every match. Like he was never injured. Um, really for years and years, he could be counted on to score a goal in the first match of the season. It's like this like, yeah. weird thing where like, you had to have him at the start of the year. <laughs> there was one season where Chelsea had, I think it was because of, um, Super Cup, Some maybe? European, yeah, the Super Cup, right? And they had a double game week the first week, and everyone yeah. had brought in Ivanovic, and he goes and scores. Did he score in both matches? Or he had a goal, in the, a goal and a clean sheet in the first, and then a goal, clean, clean sheet, sheet in the assist second. Or something. Yeah, it was, like, it was like a 20-point haul. Total, total lord. But I feel like that season ended with him just kind of petering out and getting a bunch of yellow cards, but that's just how I'm remembering it in my mind. Yeah, who knows? But I, I, I just when I think about those early our early years of fantasy, it feels like Ivanovic was like an ever present dude, just like a big, hulking kind of scary dude. You know, the opposite of Leighton Baines in like virtually every way. Would you have <laughs> a beer with him? Sure, yeah, but I'd be, <laughs> I'd have a gun. You know, I'd be, I'd be careful. Uh-huh. So uh, in a social distancing situation, you'd have <laughs> be a six feet him. away. Yeah, uh, and then and then from there you go to Marcus Alonso, who um, had a moment where he was, and I can't confirm this now, Brian. I don't have the data at hand. He, there mm-hmm. was a moment in the 2016-17 season where he was 100% owned in the game, where <laughs> all 6.5 million managers had Marcus Alonso on his team. He was about as essential as anyone's ever been essential in fantasy. He was just on this mm-hmm. incredible goal scoring terror. And that was this run where they just could not, no one could score on them. It was like, you remember this, how many, how many clean sheets in a row it was? It was some crazy number. It's like 10, 11, something I don't, like that. Yeah, I don't remember the number, but uh, yeah, it was like when Alonso wasn't scoring. He was the John Lundstrom of his day, Marcus Alonso. When he wasn't Super scoring size. or assisting, yeah. he was um, he was getting those clean sheets. And uh, yeah, I mean, he was, and he's just a fun player too. I mean, he's kind of, and you know, he sort of introduced, you know, with uh, with Conte, sort of introduced the wing back style, or right? maybe reintroduced mm-hmm. it to to the Premier League. Five at the back, right? The, yeah, the five at the back, and the you know, and is him bursting forward, and he was on some free kicks as well. Um, and uh, just a you know, cool mane, just a kind of a like a great a, hair, great hair, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, you have to love Alonso, right, Brandon? Who doesn't love Alonso? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, people who have ridden in cars with Marcus Alonso might take issue with that. But um, apart from that, yeah, just cars thumbs in up. front of him. Yeah, um, yeah. Thirteen Alonso goals. in cars. It was a, the Seinfeld comedians in cars getting coffee. We should have 
Marcus Alonso in cars with football players getting coffee. Uh, 13 goals. That'd be seven, in poor taste. 13, yeah, I was, I was just going to roll past that one. <laughs> 13 goals, seven assists, 28 clean sheets across two years. 28 clean sheets across two years is a massive number. That really is impressive. Yeah, I, I, I'm impressed. I mean, I, uh, Ivanovich and Alonso, I love this because if you were to say um, get a an FPL dream team in the defense, I, if I would look at any team, it would be Chelsea. You would yep. just go. And again, the caveat that goes through all of this is we're really only looking back to 2011 and no, sure. no earlier than that because that's sure. when we started. But Chelsea is the team. They're the defensive FPL team. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like, and who wants to listen to podcasts where we talk about like 1970s fantasy assets or whatever? It'd be, uh, read a bunch of books first. It'd be, you know. Sure. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's move on to the midfield. Uh, got a four man midfield here, Brian. This isn't necessarily in order, by the way, the next four. Okay. So this is, this is fantasy style where they just, they're haphazardly strewn across my mm-hmm. midfield. So, uh-huh. uh, David Silva, I have first, and I specifically have David Silva in the 2011 2012 season. Okay. Okay. Six, yeah. six, sort of the, a forerunner to KDB in many ways. Six goals, yeah. seventeen assists, and my note here is he is the player that good seasons are built on. Right, uh-huh. you get a player like David Silva, and you just plug him in. It was I, I remember this season. It was like he never, he very rarely had double digit returns that season. It was like nine, nine, eight, eights. You know, and it, was, it was just like just like incredibly consistent like metronomic you know just like every single week sure. he was getting attacker returns right. and you know when you win fantasy it's like it's not it's not often about getting the captain right it's about having like the proper balance in your squad mm-hmm. and yep. he was the ultimate balance player under 10 million i think he was 9.5 million that season or 9 million something like that and he just you know he was the great sort of plug him and forget about him you know midfield asset there was a season of survivor where the winner of survivor was the first person to ever win without ever having a single vote cast against them. And it's because they just were under the radar the entire time. And at the end of the season, they were like, surprise, I won because (laughs) you all just thought I was nice and kind of harmless. Uh, and that's David Silva to me. Yeah. And also of course, a wonderful player to watch play. Um, and I think that's true of everyone I have in this, in this 11 is at least in the season that I picked them for, they were super fun to watch. I mean, even Ivanovich is kind of fun just because he was had such a, I don't know, Tom Heaton was Tom Heaton fun to watch. <laughs> good, good shot stopper, I guess. Um, all right. So I, I move on from David Silva. I mean, everyone knows David Silva. I move on to Mishu Brandon and Mishu uh-huh. in the 2012, 2013 season, Came out of nowhere, Brandon. A bolt of lightning in the fantasy game. 18 goals, three assists, and a great League Cup win to boot. I'm, I'm so glad he got that League Cup win. You know, sort of, it makes it a, a, such a memorable season for Swansea, you know, because I think that, yeah. I don't know what their record was at the end of that season, but they'll always have that League Cup win. And it really, that was the, it was the two legs against Chelsea that I remember so well. Um, and that was when uh, Eden Hazard kicked the ball boy. Do you remember that? Uh-huh. And that was a great controversy. <laughs> but uh, Mishu had, um, it was also, if you look up the green kit that um, that Swansea wore in that 12, it was like, a, it was like you know, their second road kit or whatever, their third kit. The third kit, right. Yeah, it was this beautiful green and red kit. And it is my favorite Maybe yeah. my single favorite kit in the history. Maybe we'll have to do a kit podcast, Brandon. We're okay. going to have a lot of weeks to fill here. Uh, oh, yeah. week, weekend kits. I don't know. 
I have this aversion to things that are green and red because they're so closely tied to Christmas. It's it's yeah. just something I can't separate. It doesn't in my mind. feel that way though. I, I don't know. I feel it doesn't look that way on the it's like post Christmas. Yeah, yeah I'll, just, I'll share a photo with you later. But it's a uh, it was a great it was a great <laughs> kid. He was, but he had this incredible goal celebration too, where he kind of like he like I don't even know. It was kind of like a like a. He, he like could shake. I'm actually doing it as I talk to you. He sort of shake his hands by his ears. He cups. He cupped his hand around his ears and uh, like it was like a tune in Tokyo sort of a thing. Yeah, and uh, he would just sort of shake them a little bit, but it was very cool. And like I don't really, I've never seen anybody else do it. At least not every time they score the way he does. And Mitrovic uh, does something kind of similar to that, but um, Mishu was definitely the first person I've ever seen do it. Yeah, and a cool name, Mishu. I mean, like how <laughs> awesome is it. that? Yeah, you've got these players like Willian, and you're like, okay, he's just got one name. But then you go to his, you know, his player profile, and it's you know five other names attached to Willian. You go to Michu's profile, and it's just yeah. Michu. And there must have been five million nice to Michu fantasy team names uh, for a couple of years. There, it was really it was sure. the it was the great pun name for a long time and t- until Christian Fuchs really uh, joined mm-hmm. the, the Premier League. It was the great. The great, uh, they're almost anagrams name. for each other, Michu and, and Fuchs. That's true, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, all right, so uh, from there, I go to Raheem Sterling, but I am picking him specifically in the 2012 to 2014 seasons. Uh, in those two years, he had a 4.5 million and 5.5 million starting price. His attacking returns during those years are just okay. Uh, but what I like about them is one of the things that's fun about fantasy, and you've talked about this a lot, and I don't talk about it enough, but I, all right, you talk a lot about how the fantasy game is, um, like a different way to look at the premier league, right? It's like, it's, Mm -hmm. it it shouldn't hurt you as a fan. It should make the game even more fun, right? Like it sort of, um, yeah, sort of brings out new parts, you know? So what I, what I like about a player like Sterling, and I'm trying to think of an example from this current season, uh, you know, maybe it's the, I don't know. I, I, I was trying to think of like, uh, I guess it's Troy Ore. Troy Ore is this kind of player a little bit, but it's like, it's really fun when a young player starts to break out and you think that you're seeing a major star. I mean, Trent Alexander-Arnold, I guess is maybe the better example here, um, where it's like, this player is going to be great. Like he's going to be mm-hmm. amazing. And we get to watch it happen. Like we're going to get to watch the whole arc of his career, you know? Yeah. And Remember when just, you said that about Nicholas Bentner? that's true i'm still saying it i don't think it's over for him (laughs) Uh the story has not been written brandon no it's not over but do you know what i'm saying about sterling i do know what you're saying he he went from just this uh this stud at liverpool who you know you could see the raw talent but where which way is he going to the talisman of manchester city until you know bar current form sure as well as england and yeah and he's also become like a um, a focal point in the press. Like when I mean, I'm for bad press toward him, but he is rising above it in this way where he's he's a leader amongst players um, yep. for for the game at large. And I just really respect him for that. Yeah, it's it's a crazy arc, and you know, I, I agree with you. I, mean, I think that he really um, has has like a kind of very surprisingly in some ways, but he's like really emerges a kind of moral authority in it you know it's, it's like he's really mm-hmm. um he's just he's really says his mind but in a way that's really smart and and impressive you know i feel like yeah. kind of um um he's an easy guy to like um despite his current form as you said uh all right <laughs> f- final final midfielder uh how could i not note him uh mo salah the 17 18 season 
Brandon, I bring this up way too often on the podcast, but do you remember when we did our price production podcast, what you thought Mo Salah's starting price would be, what you said about him? Um, did I say like 6.5? I do remember the yes. exact phrase that I used to describe him was Mo Salah will be wildly inessential this season. <laughs> and he went on to have the greatest FPL season in history. Right. 32 goals, 12 assists, a 9 million starting price. It was amazing. And it was crazy because no one could quite believe it until about January. I, I mean, I, I think that I, I got it a little earlier than you did on the solid train. And, um, but even not, even I wasn't there right at the start. It was, you kind of couldn't quite believe, you know, it was like you had to, it was just amazing. You're like, is this going to, is he going to keep it up? You know, and mm-hmm. it was like, like after 10 goals, is he going to keep this up for 15 goals? Is he going to keep this up? And it just kept going and going. And then suddenly it was like, this guy is going to break the record for most goals in a season. You know, it was this incredible. <laughs> yeah. And he was just, and he is the most, I mean, I don't know how you couldn't love Mo Salah, especially that season. He was just so lovable. It was just everything about his game was was pure joy, you know? I mean, it really was. Yeah. Yeah. It's to what you were saying about Sterling and what a joy it is to see the arc of a player like that. But Salah, arc aside to bear witness to a player at the peak of their powers and to be intimately a part of it in terms of watching him play week in week out and also getting those juicy FPL points. Yeah. Um, truly awesome. And there's like there, we will not allow any all time favorite FPL player list on this podcast. That doesn't include Mo Salah. Just look at the numbers. The numbers are the numbers. incredible. Uh, and honestly, he's been pretty great the last couple of years as well. And um, you know, maybe he'll never get as, you know, he'll never soar as high as he did that first year, but Incredible. All right. So uh, I'll pick up at the pace here a little bit, Brandon. We got three forwards here. First one, uh, I, I don't know what he, if you're, if you're under a certain age, how, you know, what, where he fits in your consciousness. Um, but Robin Van Persie, uh, specifically from the 2011 to 13 seasons, um, 56 goals, 29 assists across two different clubs. And it was amazing. I mean, he had, it was the, I, I was very bitter about this because um, this was back when Arsenal could still hurt me, Brandon. They'll, they'll never do that again. Uh, but they, they traded him off to Manchester United because um, the little boy inside Robin Van Persie wanted to be there. And uh, I don't know, the whole thing was awful. I don't know. I don't know how you trade him to a Champions League rival. It was all very weird. I'm clearly not over it. You know, it's been yeah, seven years. I, I think Ferguson had a lot to do with it. And I think that, Van Persie probably knew it was Ferguson's last season when he went there because he gave Ferguson basically all the, how could you not give him all the credit when he walked away with that league title at the end of the season? And I think it was probably just one of those, much like we're seeing with Igalo right now, you can't refuse a move to Manchester United if it's there on the table. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess I guess that's true. And honestly, that was such a miserable time. He for was the Agallo of his day, Josh, yeah. is what I'm saying. It's true. It's just like he was like a club captain. It was just a very, it was a hard one. But I will say, if I had to pick a single favorite player to watch from this, from all of the players that I have here, um, I would say that Robin Van Persie, during that run, was my favorite Premier League player. I just loved, mm-hmm. he's like the perfect player. You know, it's like he's his form is incredible and his... His accuracy. It's like I, Roger Federer-esque. He is. It's like Federer-esque. Yeah. He, it's just like he's just like the perfect striker. And uh, so, yeah, I've always loved Ben Percy. And honestly, I mean, I think he's, you know, if he had been in a club that was 
consistently win in the league, you know, during his like real ma- major prime, um, I think you'd be thought of even, you know, even higher, you know, playing. He sort of did some of his best work, um, you know, under some pretty unhappy Arsenal teams. Um, so anyway, move on from there to Luis Suarez um, from 20, 2012, 2014. I picked him here and I didn't even have stats here, but I just wrote unstoppable. <laughs> he was, he was so good during those, uh, then those last two years at Liverpool. Uh, what can you say, Brandon, about Luis Suarez? What would you say? As Dave Matthews <laughs> says, Brandon, what would you say? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he reminded me of ants marching. If, <laughs> if, if you want me to put it another way, mm-hmm. no, he was an absolute FPL mercenary. And if you, I mean, there are, there are certainly ways to frame Luis Suarez as a joy to watch in that Van Persie way, but his, game to watch him was slightly different. Like he stepped onto the pitch and, you know, you can see through his, his, uh, let's call them unconventional tactics, i.e. Uh, racist abuse and biting. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just so consumed by winning that it, it, it was just, it was electric to watch him play for Liverpool. Yeah, it was. And uh, he, you know, he could he kind of score every way. Um, you know, not, not as elegant as a Van Persie, but, uh, you know, he could score in free kicks. He could score, um, like you said, in that kind of aggressive. He'd bite Ivanovic's arm off, right, to uh, mm-hmm. to score a goal. And uh, obviously, you know, he kind of like bit his way out of the Premier League in some ways. But um, I guess he did go to Barcelona, though. It worked out fine for him. One Champions <laughs> I think, he, League. I think yeah, that's kind of what he out, wanted. Worked out great. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Keep biting. Yeah, it clearly works. <laughs> uh, I, I, see, I think you've got Suarez in your list, too. So we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll move past Suarez. Um, to my the final player in my starting eleven, I wanted to I wanted someone who's a little bit cheaper, and so I picked Charlie Austin from the 2014-15 season. It was my my second best finish ever. It was um was during this season, and um Austin had uh, 18 goals, eight assists, a six million starting price. Since that QPR, and he had a memorably memorably amazing double game week. It was one of those funny little double game weeks that pops up sometimes where it's it's two teams that have double and they're kind of crap teams and you're like do i even focus on them or do i just ignore them and i went all in on him and christian benteke and it was like the best benteke has ever been was this one double game week um and it was kind of the key moment of of my season and um and so you know but charlie austin i just i always just thought he was kind of a fun player he's a real scrapper um you know i don't think he's a super talented player you know but and i just think that he um he just gets he gets everything out of his game, you know, everything out of his ability. Um, and I've always thought he was a really fun player to watch. Definitely great for a good presser after the after the match as well. Just a total, just a total lad. <laughs> it's uh, a joke. That brings me to the bench, and uh, I don't think we need to go through all of these, but I'll just I'll just quickly run through my bench, and then we'll take a, a quick break after that, Brandon, uh, before we get to your eleven. Uh, build up the drama a little bit. Uh, yeah, please. Yeah, so uh, Asmir Begovic in the uh, 12-13 season, 12 goals, uh, 12, excuse me, not 12 goals, that'd be amazing. A goalkeeper, 12 <laughs> goals, that'd be incredible. Essen- uh, essential. <laughs> that would be essential. Uh, no, he had 12 clean sheets as a 4.5 million goalkeeper at Stoke, and he was a hashtag cool guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Begovic plays yeah. fantasy. He's a nice guy. Everybody seems to like that guy. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I had a hard time with a backup keeper spot, I have to say. Uh, so I'll be curious to, when we talk about yours <laughs> okay. in a second okay. here. Sure. Uh, and then uh, midfield, uh, I've got Mares, and uh, I suspect do you have Mares on your list anywhere? 
Um, you don't. Uh, he's okay. A, he, he he's an honorable mention for okay. me for sure. I mean, it's hard to okay. deny him that uh, yeah. that league winning season where he was just a madman, he a low priced sh- madman. He probably should be in over Mishu in the in that midfield spot. But uh, Mares, uh, seventeen goals, six assists, five point five million starting price. Uh, maybe he didn't make my bench because I didn't have him for a lot of this. I was stubbornly holding out, and uh, uh-huh. uh, that came out, came back to haunt me. Uh, and then uh, Trent Alexander Arnold. Uh, not much that we need to say about him because we talk about him on virtually every podcast. But last year, just as a reminder, one goal, thirteen assists, uh, and a five million starting price. Uh, insane. Not bad. Not bad. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is a, a sentimental pick for me. It was Danny Simpson during the 11-12 season, a 4 million defender branded on Newcastle United, started, I think, every match that season, and he was on my team the entire season. Maybe the last time since I've done fantasy where I've had a player all 38 weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, what is fantasy if not looking for those 4 million defenders that you can just Hold count? on. I'm looking up what what Danny Simpson is up to right now. Do you know what Danny Simpson is doing right now? Uh, no, I, I don't actually. Is he is he still is he is he a free agent? I feel like he might he, not be with a club. <laughs> He's had 22 appearances for Huddersfield Town since uh, they went down last season. So. Oh, there you go. Good. Okay, he's still good. still kicking, still kicking. All right, he'll be back up when Huddersfield get promoted this year. I'm sure that's <laughs> that's going to happen. That's what all those lawsuits are about, right? <laughs> so that's my that's my list. I'm sure there's some great people that I left off. I know you're going to talk about it a lot more in in your section. So let's take a quick break, Brandon, and when we get back, you'll run through your starting eleven. Excellent. Plus your bench, plus your honorable mentions, maybe <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Hey guys, with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might be thinking there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on, or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. My God, that is a lot of money. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, which we were just talking about, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, even the weather. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And be sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Go to betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. And we're back. All right, Brandon, let's get your starting 11. I know there's a couple of double ups here, but I will, uh, I'm just going to hang back for a minute. I did a lot of talking in that last section. This is your, your time to shine. Don't blow this opportunity. You only get one shot. You M&Ms. Yeah. Right. I love this. All right. All right. Yeah. A a few double ups, but um, I'll try to bring um, bring something different to to those players. Talk about them in a little slightly different way. But you hinted at this with your Tom Heaton call out, Josh, the difference between the the bargain basement goalkeeper who does you well, the Nick Popes and Tom Heaton's of the world and the best times I've had in FPL, the best seasons I've had have come from premium goalkeepers. And that's why David De Gea gets the start for my all-time favorite FPL lineup. And you know, De Gea had a slow start at Manchester United, and he's not in the best form at the moment. But I will never forget the match he had against Arsenal in which 
Yes, he conceded one goal, but he had 14 saves. And it was the most exquisite. I don't remember if it was eight or nine points that he had that match. But it was the most exquisite FPL goalkeeper performance I have ever seen. You talk about memories. I was there. I was sitting next to you during that match. And well, we've told the story before about you talking to the man, being too embarrassed (laughs) to tell him you're cheering because of fantasy. It's like, it's, Yeah. yeah. We don't need to retell that, but it's a great story. Yeah. Dink so, uh, archives yeah. I'm sure it's it's back there somewhere. Um that was uh that was during the 17-18 season. I think that was the peak of De Gea's powers. And I remember a match against Liverpool just earlier than that, an earlier season when Sterling, I think, was still at Liverpool. But I think for that FPL game week, I really needed um a lot of people with Liverpool attackers to blank and De Gea put on like a classic clinic and you know, should not have had a clean sheet, but somehow managed to keep it. So uh, David De Gea straight in there into my uh, all-time favorites. Now I've got a repeat here in my defense. You know, I'm going 3-4-3, three, three, just like you, Josh. Sure. So we've got classic. a repeat. Yeah. Well, it would Marcus have been funny Alonso. if you if you had gone five at the back. That would have been funny. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do have a few weird honorable mentions here. Um, I always had a soft spot for for weird defenders like Ryan Bertrand or mm-hmm. Ashley Williams. Fun fact. Do you know Ashley Williams' middle name? Of course you don't. I don't know. <laughs> it's Errol. Ashley Errol Williams. Okay. Wow. Uh, Interesting. That's a nice middle name. And also, yeah, I don't see James Ward Press on here either, but I know he's one of your pet players too. Yeah. Old he was he was a classic, classic. Uh, ben- bench fodder player for a while. Nacho Monreal, probably the defender that I was um was close was most on the bubble for <laughs> the me. hardest the hardest cut. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest cut for Nacho Monreal. But yeah, you've got to go Marcus Alonso. He's just a slam dunk. I mean, two seasons on the bounce, six yep. goals, three assists in 16, 17, then seven goals, two assists, and racking up those clean sheets. Absolutely unreal. And the the season in which he uh 16, 17, only 30 starts in that season. Yeah, so he's right. like Trent right. Alexander Arnold territory where you didn't really know if Alonso was going to get benched any given week. Yeah. I mean, 30 starts is pretty good. All things considered. Is the classic like new manager move though, or is like, I'm going to like roll out your guys for a while. Mm-hmm. And then you guys can see that it's not working. You know, it's like, yeah. I'm going to like basically set right. the old guys up to lose so that I can introduce my new players. And yeah. You know, right. Yeah. So my two other starting defenders, um, Gareth McCauley. And, mm. you know, you've got to make room for the the cheap guys. I think you to have a starting 11 of favorite FPL assets, and they're all just huge point getters, you've got to make room for West Bromwich Albion defenders, cheap 4.5 guys. Gareth McCauley has the infamous goal, the 16-17 season, game week 37 against West Ham. We all remember it. It's the corner kick, like at the end of the match, both Johnny Evans and Macaulay go up and it looks like Johnny Evans has scored. Johnny Evans turns around and he's ready to celebrate and he sees, oh, wait, why is Gareth Macaulay celebrating like he's just scored? And it was a conspiracy theory in the FPL circles for quite some time. I mean, you're still talking about it today. So, yeah, three, (laughs) three years. Yeah. So maybe just by virtue of that, but I still like... I still thought Macaulay was always one of those great options where you're like, yeah. you know, I need a 4.5 defender from a bottom of the table outfit that's going to keep a fair amount of clean sheets. And there that's, he is. That's fair. You know, it actually reminds me, who was the Egyptian who was 4 million? Uh, it may have been that same season. 
um, who oh, uh, Hag, Hag, I want to say Hager Hagazi. Hey, Hagazi, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hagazi yeah. was a great asset that year too. Four million started the entire season, I believe. Um, we'll round it out with Andy Robertson. You know, Trent. I think it's he's kind of blowing. Well, he's not blowing Robertson out of the water. If you look at last season, eighteen nineteen, Robertson had almost he had nine yeah. more starts than Trent did which kind of boosted his numbers but 11 assists and 20 21 clean sheets yeah. it's astounding so just kind of by virtue of his reliability yeah I, I think you're right though but Trent has taken a little of his shine hasn't he like he's stolen a little of Robbo's shine yeah we do this list a couple years from now and obviously it's going to be Trent but um I think Andy Robertson deserves a little love here. So mm-hmm. those are my three at the back. And moving into the midfield, I was shocked to see Alexis Sanchez wasn't in your list. I mean, this guy is – there was a three-season stretch there where he was the player in which great seasons were built upon. Yeah. And you look well, at the 16-17 season in which he had 24 goals and 10 assists. Ridiculous. It was it was Mishu or – or or Alexis Brennan, I made my choice. Okay, I'm gonna have to live. Well, that I'll 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 show you life. how it, I'll show you how it's done, Josh, because I could also fit Mishu into my uh, <laughs> midfield here. <laughs> and I've so I've, Alexis Sanchez, like I don't know my, what we had to say about him. I mean, he that season sixteen seventeen when he had those twenty four goals and ten assists, just awesome. unbeatable. Then yeah. he uses that season to move to Manchester United and. All of his power was was drained at that point. Yeah, maybe that was why I didn't do it. I'm still bitter. I, I RVP still cracked my team, but I couldn't have two two players who used a good Arsenal season to springboard their way to Manchester United. That was that fair was enough. Too much. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But um, just just an absolute legend there. But yeah, Michu. Um, I think Michu makes it into both of our favorite FPL player lineups just because. You remember those players that you said like a bolt of lightning, like out of out of out of thin air. Yeah, you remember only the good times with Michu. He came and he 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 left as quickly as he entered our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he suffered a really terrible injury after that twelve thirteen season, and then got shipped off, and and that was the rest of it. But to watch Michu play in that twelve thirteen season. It it was a little bit like watching Van Persie. He had that Federer-esque sort of elegance. And um, it was that feeling that you love as an FPL manager where you know something that everyone else doesn't. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of FPL managers quickly cottoned on to the fact that Michu was great. But the rest of the like Premier League watching world wasn't like, oh, Michu, he's, this is an important player that we need to pay attention to on, on Swansea. Yeah, so I think he's a player that we can claim as FPL managers. That's a good. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we remember him better than the, the than Joe Fan. So yeah, I agree. Right. Um, okay. So my my other two midfielders, Gareth Bale. Um, ah. I'll never forget um, going to see a movie with my parents on Boxing Day, day after Christmas, right before Spurs was kicking off, and movie. Movie's done, credits roll, immediately whip out the mobile phone, see what the score was. Oh, Gareth Bale hat trick. No problem. Great. Uh, and he he was a wizard that his last season in the Premier League, that same Michu season, actually, 12-13, where 
you know, the chips were down 88th minute Spurs needed a goal. And it was just a screamer from out of nowhere um, from Bale and boom, five points plus three bonus points. And everyone was, was happy. I remember that still too, because I remember the annoyance I felt about not captaining him. And uh, I don't know why that sticks with me. So, so vividly all these years later uh but uh he was he was i mean you know i talked about players who were fun to watch i mean bale that year um really the 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 all the years led up to that too um but especially that final season he was just a joy to watch i mean he was so great you know it's kind of easy to forget now with all the drama at real madrid you know but he was just like a he was very easy to like you know those those years you know just really fun player definitely um and my fourth and final midfield slot, I had lots of runners up like Yaya Torre during that 13 mm. 14 season. Um, absolute masterclass of FPL. Yes. Mesut Ozil with his 19 assists in 15 16. Uh, you mentioned Dimitri Payet either, um, uh, earlier in the pod, and he's up there with Michu. And that's sort of like you gave us one brilliant season and then you left. And I will always remember that. Yeah. Um, but ultimately I had to go with Mo Salah. Um, you just can't argue with it. And, you know, it might be, a like, uh, a recency pick, but these just FPL numbers are huge. And I still think the case is there to be made that you were making Josh of to watch him play, even mm-hmm. as a fan was undeniable that 17, 18 season. So, um, yeah, I, what can I say that I haven't already said, Brandon? <laughs> kind of unfair that I went first, isn't it? So anyway, let's. <laughs> um, the one, the, the weirdest, as I was dipping through um, various uh, record books um, at midfield players, the one guy that that sort of really came back from the middle of nowhere was Stefan Sessegnon uh, from Sunderland, the 2011-12 season. The great uh, late double game week goal. The uh, yeah, uh, I yeah. captained him that week. Yeah. So um, much respect to, to all the Sessegnons of the world. All right. So moving into my front three, Luis Suarez. Yes, definitely. We already talked about him. And I think what I could say about Luis Suarez is there are seasons like the one that we are currently sort of grappling with, 1920, where, you know, the, 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 the conch shell kind of moves from player to player who's who's hot and who's not. Yeah. That 13, 14 season, Luis Suarez was the player that you needed. You could build an entire season around him, like an immovable FPL asset. And to have that kind of faith in an FPL player is just really makes you so happy when you wake up on a Saturday that, you know, your captain Suarez is playing magic is going to happen. And that certainty is something that I really always remember for Luis yeah, Suarez. I've not really had that this year. I agree. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, Robin Van Persie, uh, same as you, Josh. Um, I f- also, for the same reasons, like just uh, a player who is a great FPL asset, who is just really yeah. beautiful to watch. And even when he Van made Persie. that move yeah. to Manchester United, um, still came through with 26 goals and nine, nine assists. Um, just a lovely player. So this is where it gets challenging, right? I've got one more forward spot. I've already gone for two sort of set and forget options with Suarez and RVP. Do I want to give this last forward spot to like a sentimental favorite? If that were the case, it would probably be, you know, hold, hold on to your butts here. Graciano Pele. Um, 
he when he was at Southampton had some great moments with Graciano Pele. Oh yeah. Then he went off to China become to become like the the highest paid player in the history of the well, world. Well, you and I watched him in the Dutch league. Remember we used to watch <laughs> <Yes>. uh <laughs> we turn on the Dutch league and then we would make bets like all right, when's the next goal and you would take a 5 minute stretch in the yeah. in the match and I'd take this another is, 5 minute stretch. Every match is like 7 goals to 5, you know. So it's uh, <laughs> it's fun to bet on. My uh, my other possible uh, boy on the bubble was Diego Costa. And I was sure. like, can I have two shit heels on one list? If I have Luis Suarez, can yeah. I also have Diego Costa? He was on so, an earlier draft of this list for that matter. So, yeah, let's. So who did you pick? Who was your who was your final pick? Ultimately had to go with Romelu Lukaku. And, um, you know, he definitely did the business for West Brom. Uh, you remember when he scored that hat trick uh, in game week 38 against Manchester United? I think it was Ferguson's last match in the Premier League. But that 16-17 season for Everton where he had 25 goals, finished with six assists, just an absolute locomotive of yeah. a goal scorer. And he could not be contained. And I loved watching him that season. And for a team like Everton... Um, it was, you know, you, you, you reset the premium striker price tag and Lukaku became a marginally affordable player getting those premium striker returns. And that was just, that was off the charts, 16, 17. Um, I'm glad that you added him here because I think that I'm, I was thinking about this with Alexis Sanchez a moment ago and how it's kind of. It's you know the thing about like Mishu and um, I don't know Gareth Bale, Luis Suarez, even Rob Van Persie to a certain degree is like all of them left before like their skills completely kind of abandoned them, and so it's easier to kind of remember them well, you know. And it's like when I think of Lukaku right now, I just think of him as kind of the like overweight sulking forward that he was last season for Man United. Yeah, and right. you know Alexis Sanchez being the guy who just couldn't like shoot or pass or get along with any of his teammates. Um, you know, just kind of like what the final version of him was also at Man United. And, um, and so it's like, when I think about them, I, I it's like, it, like it makes them, makes me forget how great they were. I mean, Romelu Lukaku at Everton was, uh, incredible. I mean, he was, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, I totally agree with you. And he was never that expensive either, you know? And so it was kind of like, you could always have him in your team. It never broke the bank to have him. Um, yeah. and he was just such a great, you know, consistent goal scorer. All right, let's run quickly through my bench. Goalkeeper, I don't like thinking about goalkeepers really in general. Yeah. And I didn't want to spend too much time thinking about who my bench uh, yeah. <laughs> goalkeeper was. <laughs> I just threw in Matt Ryan because I really sure. enjoyed following Matt Ryan earlier this season. And and um, that's all we had to say about that. Uh, two defenders on my bench, Cesar Aspilicueta. If you could build an old school FPL defender in a laboratory, it would come out looking like Cesar Azpilicueta. He doesn't get a lot of goals or a lot of assists, but he plays every single minute. He's great for bonus, and yeah. he's just old reliable, and it's I love consistency. Him yep. Uh, John Lundstrom, you know, one for the new guys, and Lundstrom is just a price point hero at 4.0. Mm-hmm. And I also think that we can see ourselves in John Lundstrom. And yes. I think I only I only truly saw myself in Lundstrom when they when uh Sheffield United si- signed this Berg guy, mm-hmm. and Lundstrom suddenly finds himself on the bench, and you're like, this guy is having like the best season of his life in the premier league and now he's on the bench that could be me that's like totally something that would happen to me 
and uh, I, I feel closer to Lundstrom for it. Good. I'm glad he uh, triggers your inner self-pity or something. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I always no. get the short end of the stick. <laughs> that would happen oh, to me, man. too. <laughs> uh, people do refer to me as a lord, Lord Brandon, and and that's fine, too. And uh, on the bench, I mean, this is heresy, but Kevin De Bruyne is on my bench yeah. as my last midfielder. And probably should have cracked one of our starting <laughs> 11s. But yeah. yeah, but he's my beautiful baby boy. I love him. I mm-hmm. think of all the players that we've talked about uh if i were to be any player if i were to have any play style this is like my kevin de bruyne has my fifa play style i like to be like a midfield marauder and just bomb forward um uh, a lot and do a lot of tackling too. do everything a bit of everything um yeah i i mean that he's like it's like everything i said about david silva applies to to him you know like it's kind of like he just inherited the mantle basically i think because he plays mm-hmm. a little deeper than so it was always a little more advanced uh, and it actually makes kevin Durant even more impressive right so he could basically fill in as a defensive midfielder um if need be you know because he's just so so complete um, so where so, are we yeah. i want to i want to mention two players where are we with sergio aguero and harry kane <laughs> I don't know. They probably should have been on both of our teams. <laughs> I think it's, it's like the it's the trap of these lists where you want to yeah. save a couple of spots for players that are sentimental and you really right. like them. And I think Aguero and Harry yeah. Kane are just they're they're too much like death from above. Like they they're just too good at FPL. Yeah, the first Harry Kane season, um, you know, when he was five million and like I think he scored twenty goals or something that year, and uh, kind of came on late in the first half, like the first half of the season, and then was just unstoppable late. Um, you know, had that amazing. I think it was three goals and two assists match um, um, against Chelsea. I think it was like a was it Boxing Day or New Year's Day or something like that. Um, that that season for in particular, I I agree. I think you're right about Aguero, though. There's just and Aguero is so frustrating too. It's like when I think about Aguero, my feelings are so complicated, you know. And so <laughs> I'm making a favorite list. I, I he doesn't crack it because I just like I I don't know. It's like he has helped and hurt my season so many times over the last ten years, yeah. you know. And so it's hard to it's hard to just fully love him. Although I love watching him play, of, of course. I mean, you know, who doesn't love a he's so you know scrappy little guy, great finisher. We got to see him in person, you know, during what might be the That's last true. the last. Yeah. Uh, Manchester Derby of all time. You know, we were there. So, oh hey. <laughs> Isn't it crazy that we probably saw the last Premier League match um, of the season. season live? Yeah. It's completely crazy. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I got a sneak peek of your list, Josh, and I saw you put Avaro Negredo above Aguero in your, uh, in your favorite <laughs> yeah, list. Yeah, on the long list. Yeah, there was uh, – Negredo actually was going to be my first, second, and third forwards on my all-time mm-hmm. favorite team. Yeah, break uh, the rules. I, who was the other uh, forward? He ended up going and to Jekko. Jekko. Jekko was kind of a fun player, too. I agree. And, yeah. Yeah. Balotelli. Basically, all the non-Aguero forwards are more lovable than him. Except yeah. Jesus. Tevez. Yeah. yeah. Tevez. Yeah. Um, yeah. Berbatov. Did Ber- no, I guess Berbatov was always Man United. He was a fun player, yeah. though, too. He was at Spurs and Fulham for a while. The Fulham yeah. was his last hurrah in the, the Premier League. So. We didn't even name Clint Dempsey. Didn't he score yeah. 20 goals once as a midfielder? That would have been Well, yeah. Too. I think he scored 17 goals in the uh, 2011-12 season, the first season that we played FPL. But, okay. yeah, I used, it, it's like we just missed the boat on huge midfielders, blockbuster midfielders like Lampard and Clint Dempsey having his 20-goal season and players like that. So, obviously, tons of players that are 
more or less modern modern players that we just missed the boat on. Yeah, um, but I, it's also it was a, that that ten eleven season was a great season to start watching now in hindsight, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. not watching, but like starting to play fantasy because, uh, um, you had the kind of the rise of man city, but then you had, you had Van Percy, you had, you know, um, yeah, Berbatov at, at his prime as well. You know, mm-hmm. it was a lot, a lot of good ones. So, uh, th- we put the call out, um, uh, the couple of the listener picks. Um, I just, I, I'll just kind of note them here. Uh, because uh, I think we're actually running a little bit long here, but uh, Vinyl Richie says not a specific player, but a position. Uh, the attacking fullback, wing black uh, players include Baines, Alonzo, Trent, uh, Doherty, and St- et cetera. And um, yeah, we probably actually could have mentioned Wolves too. Um, in hindsight, I might have mm-hmm. put Jimenez as like my third forward because mm-hmm. um, last Definitely. year I think it was five point five million. You know, it was incredible. Yeah, Doherty too. Um, definitely carrying on that Marcus Alonso modern uh, modern tradition. So, bit mad respect. Sharklar says Bale. The one year he was a striking defender. I forgot that. I think it was maybe the first year we were playing. I think he was classified as a defender in the game. Ultimately, he was. It was. It was a Lundstrom thing where he. I think he played out of position all he played, year, but he played left back. Right. Yeah, left back. Yeah, exactly. It's in theory. Um, uh, Van Dyke's to watch for says late stage David Silva. Nobody wants to buy him, but he's a dream to own. I don't even get this one. <laughs> yeah. Does he mean like like early stage or like? I, don't I know. think he means like David now? Silva this this season. I mean, if if you Nobody look at wants the him. what's well at the start of the season, he was ticking along, and Silva is one of the. He's a classic player where yeah, he he the season that you pointed out rightfully so an amazing season for FPL. And then Manchester City became just an FPL juggernaut, and there were too many other players that you needed to own on City. So yeah. you would just bypass Silva every time. Yeah, De Bruyne losing his chance at the assist record would be another bad, like another bummer if the season actually gets canceled. For sure, because he's going to win that on a trot if they play mm-hmm. out the season. Um, SPA Games says uh, Ian Hart at Leeds United from 95 to 04. I want to include at least one old one in here, Brandon. Attacking left back, awesome on free kicks. Um, and that was playing telegraph fantasy football. So uh, it does precede us. There were a couple other picks too for players that were just much, much before us. Um, a lot of people did say Alexis Sanchez too. And so um, he was one that I, it seems like he really stuck out in people's minds as a great fantasy asset. I think, again, all the players that we talked about that didn't quite make our cut, Kane, um, and Aguero, like the you know, made a lot of teams, um, a lot of people's kind of you know favorite player picks too. So, um, yeah, because yeah, I mean, it's like it's like you know they ask poker players, like, you know, like experienced poker players, what's your favorite hand? You know, like in Texas Hold'em, what's your favorite starting combination? And like at a certain point, they all just say two aces. You know, like, <laughs> like just give me the best yeah. hand. That's my yeah. favorite. Uh, yeah. and, and, and only, know, only, yeah. only one player. You you pull a hundred poker players. Uh, Ninety nine of them say double aces, and one of them says Eden Hazard. <laughs> That's true. He didn't understand the question. That's really what. <laughs> uh, all right, Brad. That is our pod. I hope you enjoyed it. By the way, I thank you to Victor Skogang, a longtime um, supporter of the uh, of, of the Always Dream podcast. Uh, he's a producer patron, and he was the one who suggested. Uh, this topic for a podcast. So thank you, Victor. I actually meant to thank him at the top of the pop, but I hope you're listening, Victor. Uh, and if so, thank you so much for the suggestion. Um, all of our producers actually have the option of picking a topic for an Always Shooting podcast. And so um, 
we're looking for ideas for upcoming pods. So if you um, if you're a producer or you want to become one, uh, you know, let us know what you'd like an upcoming podcast topic to be, and we'll try to cover it in either the regular pod or the Patreon podcast. So um, just once again, go to Patreon.com/slash/AlwaysCheating to support the podcast. And thank you sincerely, especially during this insane time, um, to anybody who uh, is supporting the cheaters. Yeah, and uh, as you said, big thank you to our producers. I'll run through that list right now. Trevor Ingerson, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Chris Carter, Martin Savage, Brian T., DeBig Gaffer, Bobas Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Frederick Keen, Gransky, Travis West, Alan Creasy, Victor Forbrook, Skoging, Paul Hertzig, Kaya, Christine LeLang, Stian Niehaus, Barry McGuire, Peter Bodexel, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Andy Martin, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, FPLmerch.com, James Conroy. And just thank you to everyone out there who is listening, who's just choosing to press play on an FPL podcast during this moment in time. We just appreciate connecting with all you guys and maintaining this community that we love and trying to put a little more positive energy out there when we're, you know, we're either struggling or we're bored or um i don't know what there's just a lot of stuff going on right now totally i i have found personally that i have been um i have been listening to uh kind of my old favorite podcast during this moment like i mean like old episodes but i'm just like i'm still listening to like the ones that i love um because um you know i just want to hear normal voices even if they're not talking about the stuff they would normally talk about and so hopefully um if you're a listener to this podcast hopefully uh um, it's fun just to have something out there to listen to. So um, definitely agree with you there, Brandon. Um, and just quickly note, um, if you want to um, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, you can do so at basically everywhere, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, uh, so on. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at Hail Cheaters. That's H-A-I-L Cheaters. Instagram is at Hail Cheaters as well. Facebook is facebook.com slash always cheating. You can email us at any time. Hail, we're not getting a ton right now, so feel free to uh, send it to a probably respond to uh, hailcheaters at gmail.com. Uh, and you can visit our website, alwayscheating.com, for this and more, including a brand new video that we posted. I think it's up on our website. I know it's on YouTube yeah. already, Brennan. It's on YouTube. I had to start an Always Cheating YouTube channel, something we did not have before, but it exists. But if you want to see a cool 90 second video um, that of from our meetup in London at the coin laundry where we had like a hundred FPL managers come out and uh, just share in the passion of FPL. You can see Josh and I talking, you can see scenes from, from the evening. It was a fantastic time. And um, big thanks to our people at the blue wire network for hooking us up with a great videographer and making that um, a reality. And we're, probably going to have another video coming our way soon in a, in a couple of weeks that features our listeners actually talking about um, what they love about FPL and what, and you know, why they actually listen to FPL podcasts. So we hope to have more video content for you guys in the coming weeks. So go to alwayscheating.com and just click the video tab in the main menu and you can check that out. And I've also got uh, videos up there of um, our appearances on the FPL FYI show when we were in oh, London. Nice. Cool. Uh, also, uh, the uh, the entire show of the FPL show with James Richardson and Jules Breach. You can watch Josh Jeez. and I on that show there. Nice I've got job, the video Brandon. of uh, Josh Landon uh, 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 doing Meet the Manager with Jaunty, with Joe at uh, Fantasy Football Scout. 
loads of video content where you can sort of mine the uh, the old chapters of always cheating there when you're when you're bored working from home. Cool. That sounds great. And our breakfast clubs are on there too, I see now. So um, awesome. All right. Well, thank you uh, everyone for listening. I uh, hope you have a good week. If you're home with your kids like I am, I hope you uh, survive it. And uh, oh, anybody, you know, I hope everyone's doing okay. Uh, and uh, we'll be back next week with um, something. I don't know. We'll figure out what, what that is, but we'll yeah. be back. Yeah. All right, everyone. Be well, stay safe, stay healthy. Bye. Oh, yeah. Say, Quinny, look at the microphone and say, hail cheaters. Hail cheaters. No, this way. Look over here. Here's the microphone. Say, hail cheaters. Hail cheaters. Nice job. All right. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.